0: everybody welcome to what's in a name the etymology podcast where we look at words and go yeah but why though <laughs> is that okay that's essentially what we do right
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> more or less my name is anna and i am one of your hosts
1: uh my name is james and i am the other host
0: there might be a secret third host if there is it's a secret even to us <laughs> we simply do not know
1: i can't hear anyone so i'm assuming. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they haven't been pulling their weight, have they? No. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Uh, Today's theme is cryptids, which is very exciting.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was uh, one we came up with a long time ago.
0: I have a request to make. Go on. Can we call the episode Yetimology? (laughs) Okay, yeah. I would like that very much.
1: (laughs) You said it in the episode, and that means it qualifies, so I'm happy
0: with it. (laughs) All right, then. Yeah, so we're going to be looking at the names of cryptids and wondering how they got here um if you'd like to start us off james i'd be very interested to hear what you've come up with
1: yeah though it just occurred to me i didn't actually look up cryptids which i would normally have done
0: ah that's a very um, good point i didn't either but it'll have the same root as cryptic
1: exactly and cryptozoology <laughs> and possibly crypts right i mean people will get to hear us do it live now but nothing crypt- about like- things
0: being locked away
1: is that, is that what crypt, yeah, encryption? Well, that's what cryptocurrency
0: yeah. is a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a crypt is there because the bodies are locked away. It's getting spooky already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, so we'll, we'll move on to the, the actual cryptids. Yeah. Um, so the first one I had a look at was one, like, when, when I was a kid, I used to, you know, read lots of books about monsters and unsolved mysteries and just weird sort of folklore you know that's that's the section i would be hanging out in the library <laughs> trying to learn all i could about the jersey devil
0: i'm picturing dipper pines from <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's not a million miles away from that gravity falls um so one of the ones i remembered uh from you know my time as a sort of preteen enthusiast of cryptids is that there is a sort of cornish version of the loch ness monster um mm. So I, look, I looked up what that was called, and this is going to involve a lot of me attempting to speak Cornish, so I apologise to any Cornish-speaking listeners for the butchery I do to the language here. But the the monster in question is called Morgor, which is spelt M-O-R-G-A-W-R. Mm. Um, and it's a sea serpent that purportedly inhabits the coast of Cornwall uh, near Falmouth Bay. So have you ever heard of Morgor? No, I
0: ought to know how that's pronounced because Cornish is quite similar to Welsh in some ways. It
1: is um they are both descended from uh, what's called common britonic. Mm. Along with breton uh, which was it was uh spoken in the UK or in Great Britain I should say before um standard English sort of or early English I should say yeah. kind of dominated the place. And that that's why you still get sort of Cornish speakers insisting that
0: but that's the <laughs> true the language.
1: Their road sign should be in Cornish. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's a case to be made for sure.
1: I'm not sure there are that many Cornish speakers <laughs> left.
0: Oh, not from a practicality standpoint, but I think <laughs> I think it's okay to hold on to the beautiful languages. Yeah, just because they're if beautiful. We're gonna,
1: if we're going to prop up opera, we might as well prop up Cornish. <laughs> right. So the etymology of Morgor is quite simple, but mm-hmm. I found it interesting. um for a start, although the the beast has been sort of recognised since the 1800s, was only given the name Morgor in 1976 by a Cornish author <laughs> called Tony Shields. Oh. But he came up with this word, which means sea giant in Cornish. And the two words are more meaning sea and core meaning giant. Oh, that's interesting. And so looking at the etymology of it, I, I checked out what, the Welsh words for the for C and giant R and they're basically identical. Yeah. Um in Welsh there there's a what are the hats called like the carrot symbol over the O circumflex maybe? <laughs> in Welsh it's basically the same. The the only difference is that core in Cornish is spelled K-O-W-R and in Welsh it's C-A-W-R. An mm-hmm. interesting thing I learned while I was looking this up is that um Stonehenge in Welsh it's called Cor E Curie, which means Assembly of the Giants. So I found that.
0: I did uh, not know that.
1: It's a lot more poetic than Stonehenge, I can tell you that It's much. a
0: better name. Oh, my God. <laughs> Didn't they redo their branding, or is it too late?
1: It's probably too late.
0: To, yeah, maybe it'll a, draw
1: in the Welsh speakers. Might
0: but. be a couple of millennia past that. <laughs>
1: But I I tried to look up the um, etymology more deeper than that, and basically, all they all disappear into some sort of weird Proto Celtic slurry. So <laughs> you know, there's there's not Listen, much more. Proto
0: Celtic slurry is incredibly nutritious.
1: <laughs> is it like bog butter?
0: <laughs> God, I hope not. I was thinking yeah, like a
1: healthy broth. But yeah, that's that's uh, Morgor. Very nice, very nice.
0: I think in keeping with the uh, sea beastie. Uh, Approach. I'm going to do my one on Leviathan.
1: Ooh, nice. Okay.
0: So the Leviathan, you may recognize the name from um, the Old Testament of the Christian Bible. It's from old Hebrew uh, mythology. They would have called it Leviathan or Leviathan. And sea serpents, of course, are mentioned in a lot of other mythologies. And in all cases, it represents like primordial chaos and the sea and tends to be, interestingly, it tends to be defeated by a god associated with the sky and weather. Um, The Mesopotamian people had Tiamat, and there's the Norse myth about Jormungandr. The name itself, Leviathan, may be linked to an older Canaanite legend about a sea monster called Lotan. Lotan? Yeah. We're pretty confident with Latin and Greek on this podcast, but I'll be honest, I'm much less familiar with Hebrew, so forgiveness for that, please. Um, If you can correct (laughs) my pronunciation on anything, I would love that. This is one of those areas I welcome... um, ats from men telling me how to say things i
1: was going to say i see me talking to the <laughs> listeners rather than me because i'm no better
0: <laughs> i don't expect you to know but someone someone out there will be a premium scholar of ancient hebrew and <laughs> um hit me up get in my dms
1: <laughs> you won't get offers like that very often
0: <laughs> but yeah and um, the german scholar Gacinius said that leviathan is derived from the root leva, which means to twist or to join, and that the mm-hmm. word Leviathan means wreathed or twisted in folds. Um, might be a little bit conjectury, but maybe. But that goes back to an extinct Northwest Semitic language called Ugaritic. Um, Ugaritic. Which, Ugaritic. That's yeah. the first time
1: we've had that one on this podcast.
0: It is, right? We're going a different route. Um, <laughs> it's a dialect of Amorite, which goes back as far as the Bronze Age. So that's almost as far as we reckon Proto-Indo-European would have been. Mm. And that's obviously just jumbled together from what we reckon from the gaps in our languages and the gaps in our knowledge so that's where the time fog gets really bad and the etymological links can't be proven conclusively but i like the idea of leviathan meaning twisted in folds yeah it's, it's got a very sea like image to it and a very serpent like image to it as well so yeah very i mean cool. it's,
1: it's come now to mean sort of anything giant right
0: yeah that's right because of the the scriptural sea monster uh, image
1: Hmm. Like that. It. interesting.
0: I was always fascinated by the way the Leviathan was described because various times it's described like a dragon, but other times it's described like a hippo. So really, you can say
1: <laughs> they're very similar. <laughs> they are ways.
0: in many ways.
1: <laughs> hippo is more folds than a dragon. You can say that much. Dragon. Yeah, probably
0: <laughs> depends on the dragon. <laughs> Okay, um, what have you got for me next?
1: Okay, so we've done two two sea beasts, so I think we should uh, go to land now.
0: A land beast,
1: yeah, a land, some sort of land cow. <laughs> so, have you ever heard of a uh, black shuck? Never. Black shuck, or sometimes old shuck, or sometimes simply shuck, uh, is a ghost dog, and uh, ghost dogs are quite common in. I imagine all folklore, but certainly in the UK, ghost dogs are quite prominent within local mythology. Ghost dogs and large cats are the two that you get most of around here. So Black Shuck is a native to East Anglia, described as a black shaggy dog with fiery eyes and immense size who visits churchyards at midnight. Um, there's a really oh. good story somewhere about Black Shuck appearing in a pub somewhere. And sort of clawing its way out the door and leaving these like giant burnt claw marks in the door frame, which are still there. Um, Extremely cool. I suspect that might be some embellishment.
0: I don't know what you're talking about.
1: If they saw <laughs> it, that's good enough for me. It's not been independently verified by a team of <laughs> Ghostbusters, I can tell you that much.
0: That's not really what they're in the business of doing. <laughs> Need a Winchester for that kind of thing.
1: Quite. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I thought, oh, Black Shuck is a weird name for a dog to have, right? It's not like, you know, Black Fido or something.
0: I mean, so the I black looking... part makes sense to me,
1: but yeah, you yeah, oh, have black elaborate part, on the Yeah, I'm not, I'm not here to dispute the logic of calling a black <laughs> dog that. But I looked it up, and apparently uh, it comes from the old English word shucker, which means devil or fiend, hmm. which I believe is related to succubus in some sort of roundabout way but also derives potentially from the Germanic root "sker," meaning to terrify you which you might be able to tell is the same root as the word scare oh oh my gosh all right that is very impressive I wish I had more on that because I was really enjoying looking at black Shuck and finding out all the stories
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm not sure that deserves a laugh
1: (laughs) probably not probably not the same I was just thinking about scooby-doo that's why
0: (laughs) oh fair enough Whomster among us hasn't thought about Scooby-Doo in the middle of a podcast and had a giggle. <laughs> <laughs> zoinks, am I right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> we don't have etymology for, zo- for zoinks.
0: Thank God. We'd be here all day. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. I did both uh, Yeti and Sasquatch. So which would you want next?
1: Let's go with Sasquatch.
0: Sasquatch. Okay. So. There were a group of indigenous languages in the Pacific Northwest of America and Canada called the Salish or Salishan languages. Mm-hmm. And one of them, Halkomelem, has the word "saskek" or saskets. There are different spellings from different dialects. Mm-hmm. Um, as for what it means, it means the creature mostly. Um, <laughs> but one meaning that I saw gave sask as being derived from sek, which means to split or to crack. Mm -hmm. and ets meaning on the back and they theorized that it referred to it leaving broken trees in its wake um Mm. unfortunately as with you know a lot about the sasquatch if we separate the reality from the fiction we're not going to be left with a lot to study so (laughs) i don't know how plausible that is but sure broken trees in its wake that's the sasquatch
1: yeah i mean as with lots of different etymologies it seems to me like there are there are two kinds of etymologies one of which tend to be like the sort of grimly practical terms and the other which are extremely poetic and therefore probably fake ones
0: yeah that's the problem isn't it anytime a modern day scholar sits down and goes we reckon yeah um it's probably uh, a little bit fanciful but that's i think in the case of a cryptid i think a little bit fanciful is probably fine (laughs) if we ever find the actual truth Um, Maybe the Sasquatch itself will tell us where its name comes from.
1: I mean, either way, I think we can all agree that Sasquatch is a much cooler name than Bigfoot.
0: I certainly am a strong proponent of that. (laughs) I did Um, look into why a Bigfoot was called a Bigfoot and it was exactly what you would expect.
1: (laughs) Do you want to do Yeti as well?
0: Sure. Yeah, I'll roll right through. Yeah. Um, So the Yeti is from Himalayan folklore. Mm-hmm. it refers to a large bipedal ape-like creature with brown gray or white fur i always picture them as white i think just to distinguish them from the sasquatch but i think it's interesting that there are uh, that they could look exactly the same
1: definitely as a kid i used to assume they were probably the same species and one was just like you know the the mountain variety
0: <laughs> yeah exactly you know
1: that's a lot simpler than there being two independent races of like ape men
0: Given that they're both most likely misperceived bears, I think it's fair to say they are related. <laughs> um, there you go then. <laughs> but yeah, so the Tibetan language was Romanized by the People's Republic of China, which means they obviously tried to fit it into our alphabet. Mm-hmm. And the resulting language is known as Tibetan Pinyin. And in mm-hmm. that language, Yeti is pronounced Yache from Ya meaning rocky place and Che meaning bear. So forgive my pronunciation again, or, you know, correct it, but that means a bear from a rocky place.
1: The rocky bear.
0: Makes sense. It does. I like the name Yeti as well.
1: It is. Do you remember the
0: Yeti from uh, Ski Free? (laughs) It would chase you after you'd gone over all those rainbow ski jumps and it would beat you at the end every time. It was terrifying. I've never known horror like it in a game.
1: As I recall, it had a lot sharper teeth than I imagine a Yeti would.
0: No, they do have sharp teeth. Do they? That's another thing that was mentioned in the description of it. Oh God! Yeah. What are they eating up there? Rocks? Other bears? I don't know. Mm. Skiers. Skiers, yeah. <laughs> Exclusively skiers.
1: Uh, so I've got a very quick one here. Um, sure. I was I was looking into again, sort of UK-based cryptids. And I kept coming up with like big cats that were called things like the Beast of Bodmin or the Beast of Exmoor. Yes. And I was like, so what does beast actually mean? Mm. This is interesting, right? Because I, I originally the word beast was used in English to mean any lower animal, so any non-human animal. Which, you know, that that meaning is still prominent today. Like we we tend to have uh associations with like savagery related to it. But basically if someone said what manner of beast is this you would uh, understand them to mean any animal right sure beasts of the field yeah and prior prior to beast the word in english for any animal a generic wild creature was Dior. So really? deor so that's d e o r the root now of the word deer deer yeah, sure yeah so at one point if if you said like what is this deer it would have meant any any animal, and there are records even from a badger. the from the twelve hundreds. It's any four legged animal, and even prior to that, there are instances of it being used to describe ants and fish. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so at one point, they were all deer.
0: That really does surprise me. That's some really good sleuthing.
1: Yeah, and in well the done. in the sixteenth century, that word got uh, supplanted by animal. And so you have these words, right? Animal uh, comes from the Latin anima. Mm -hmm. Uh, Deer comes from uh, Proto-Indo-European deu, D-H-E-U. And uh, beast comes from Proto-Indo-European dhues. D-H-W-E-S. And all of these words collectively um, mean breath.
0: Oh, that is fantastic.
1: So beast and deer and animal all mean creatures that breathe. Or creatures you know things that are alive
0: that's very interesting because um the breath and life connection is evident in other languages as well we've got like pneuma in greek that's very cool thank you i like that
1: a lot (laughs) that was that's a quite a poetic one that probably is true
0: (laughs) yeah it is i think if you go back far enough even basic facts feel poetic (laughs) just that something can remain true for that long
1: there's like a simplicity to it isn't there
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, sure. those words,
1: as well as meaning breath, they also mean things like wind. Breath, yeah.
0: wind, and life. Mm-hmm. That's Again, that's Numa, and I forget what it was in Hebrew, but there's overlap there as well. Okay. So I've got one last one that I've got proper etymology for, and that's chupacabra.
1: <laughs> I almost did this one.
0: Well, of course. I mean, we couldn't let it go by without it. So um, chupacabra is a Spanish word. We've got uh, chupa, which is the Spanish for to suck, and cabra, which is goat. So they are a goat sucker. And that's why chupa-chup lollipops are called that. (laughs) Genuinely, that's not a joke. Chupa-chups, they should be pronounced because they're things that you suck.
1: The suck suckers.
0: (laughs) That's that's all right. (laughs) The only other things that I really mentioned in passing were the Loch Ness Monster and the Loveland Frog.
1: Um, the lov- what's the Loveland Frog?
0: <laughs> so he's a frog man and he just seems pretty chill. Okay. Um, it's an American one. He's an um, he's a anthropomorphized frog who just like walks around on his little froggy legs. And <laughs> I just think that's a dope creature. Loveland Frog is a dope name, and it was a nod to the fact that a lot of these creatures are named after the places they're from, as you mentioned with the Beast of Bodmin.
1: Oh, I thought it was a frog who just loved land.
0: <laughs> An amphibian who's made up his mind. Yeah, <laughs> he's that finally got off. He's, the,
1: he's got off the fence and he's, picked, he's <laughs> picked a lane. You can respect that.
0: Absolutely, I do. I do respect it. I just in my <laughs> head he's got a little top hat. I know he doesn't, but the world is poorer for it.
1: So I've looked up another, I mean, it's a couple of things really, but we, we know the etymology of Minotaur, right?
0: I was about to say sure, and now I'm questioning myself.
1: Well, it's it, Taur as in bull and minor Bull minor Minos, Minos. yeah. So yeah, yeah. the Minotaur. So I was thinking, well, if that is true, why is a centaur called a centaur? Because centaurs... The bull of a hundred? Well, centaurs aren't half bull, right? They're, they're no. horse. Very good point. Yeah, so I, My
0: brow is furrowed.
1: <laughs> so I did a sort of dive into it. I found out that originally centaurs were the name of a, a Greek tribe uh, who were called the Kentauros, who were just horseback riders. It wasn't half human, half horses. It was just people riding horses. Right. Um, and they were a, a tribe from Thessaly. And their myths sort of got contorted into the centaur. And so as I suspected the the taur part of centaur and Taurus and Minotaur comes from a root which used to mean like large four-legged beast right right so it's that's, that's why that's why in Kentaurus, they the taur part is talking about horses as opposed to bulls that's so cool and it goes back even slightly further so the the taur part comes from proto-european uh, stiao, which meant stout standing or strong as in sort of beast. So, you know, like a uh, steer, out a strong beast. Um, and that is also the root of the word steer, which meant young bull, which currently exists in English as steer.
0: Steer, yeah. yeah.
1: So steer is uh, cognate with taurus. Oh, that is
0: so interesting. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I've been watching an awful lot of Centaur World on Netflix. <laughs> yes. A cartoon for children that I absolutely love, (laughs) Um, not to surprise anyone who knows me. Well, there are all the creatures in there. One of them's part zebra, one of them's part giraffe, one of them's part llama, and in my head I was going like, ah, that's not pure centaur, but from what you're saying, like basically it's fine, and Tor just means that they are part animal. There you Mm -hmm. go. Centaur world is technically accurate and basically a documentary. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Seems legit, yeah. It's got my stamp of approval. Uh, so that's all the cryptids I researched. I still yeah. found no evidence for most of them. But.
0: <laughs> we didn't look very hard for evidence. We don't really care if I did. I are.
1: did my own research.
0: Oh, I see. Okay, so now that you've done some, you're a cryptozoologist now, babe. Um, I'm glad
1: you. I'm glad you think so.
0: <laughs> I do. I do. We'll have to get you an appropriate hat. <laughs> um. Right, so I believe now we can move on to our invented words if you're ready.
1: Yeah, in a section that is called Any Other Names.
0: It is, isn't it? Yeah. <gasps> I forgot that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we forget every episode. Even even I, I,
0: know, I Even know.
1: I last episode called it Any Other Words, which is the one I used to chastise you for going.
0: <laughs> oh no, I've muddied the waters. Yeah. Well, Any, any Other the Names, two of us,
1: that's what it's called.
0: Any Other Names, as in a rose by any other name. Exactly. It makes total sense, it's consistent with the branding, it was very smart, I ought to remember it. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you're here. Um, okay, would you like to start us off with your Any Other Name?
1: Yeah, so I've only got one. We we actually mentioned this creature quickly earlier, but I, I think, given the prominence of the Loch Ness Monster... The the name Loch Ness Monster is extremely bad. What does it tell you about the Loch Ness Monster? Not a lot, really. It just says it's a monster and it lives in Loch Ness, which is, I think, uh, you know, a branding problem, basically.
0: I mean, the Family Ness cartoon did what it could to address that issue, but I agree.
1: <laughs> and similarly, having having Nessie as a as a, um a nickname, I don't know. It's just not very imaginative, is it? It doesn't it doesn't really nod to the heritage of the Loch Ness monster and that's what i think. Mhm. So my suggestion is that we replace the name Loch Ness monster with Loch Mothan which means in uh, Scots Gaelic uh lake giant.
0: Oh that's amazing.
1: And you know oh, in, no. that, in that way it's kind of similar to Morgar.
0: Yeah it is. It's yeah. a beautiful parallel. You've come full circle. <laughs>
1: So if we can just change that on Wikipedia.
0: <laughs> See, I took a very different approach <laughs> because I thought, you know, the Loch Ness Monster is very popular mm-hmm. as, a, as a tourist exercise. It's done very well for itself. And I thought Cardiff could use a bit of that energy.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So, um, you know, Cardiff Bay used to be called Tiger Bay. You may not yes, know. Yes, I do it, know, yeah. Yes. So I have decided that it's called it was called Tiger Bay because there is an aquatic tiger in there, um, which is now known as the Cardiff Monster or, or Diffy for short. <laughs> Diffy. For merchandising purposes, we've got Diffy the Aquatic Tiger.
1: I mean, an, aqu- an aquatic tiger is quite plausible because tigers are famously like the only cats that really love water.
0: Great swimmers. Yeah. yeah. I-, I like that plausible is the word you went with, rather <laughs> <laughs> than, say, demented or unhinged.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, why was it called Tiger Bay anyway? Because there's famously very few tigers in the UK.
0: So not a lot is known about why specifically that area became known as Tiger Bay, but Tiger Bay was a fairly common term for dangerous areas, dangerous bays. Um, The one in Cardiff in particular was a very crime-ridden red light district back in the day.
1: It's interesting that they consider tigers the sort of most dangerous threat they would encounter, (laughs) you know, as sailors.
0: Maybe there was a big cat house there. You never know. Um, I've got one more invented word, if you'd like me to round that off. Yeah, please. Um, I went with... You know, you know Chupacabra. You know we touched on Chupacabra. I do. Uh, I went with Sopla Cabra.
1: With Sopla Cabra.
0: Yeah, Cabra meaning goat. Right. And Sopla being the, the Spanish word for to blow.
1: <laughs> the goat blower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to uh, put the explicit tag on this podcast
0: now. <laughs> no. No, it's fine. It's Spanish.
1: So what what does the goat blower do?
0: Um, well uh it just sort of exists you know it's like the loveland frog he just sort of wanders around being a nice chill dude
1: i mean occasionally blubbing goats chupacabra drains the blood of goats and cattle right As well, like it's like the vampire. opposite
0: of that it just makes sure goats and cattle have a nice yeah, time
1: it fills them up with blood is that what you're saying
0: no well you know strategic parts oh my god you brought this on yourself. No,
1: you debased this noble endeavor.
0: Good about time somebody did. <laughs> Keep waiting for someone else to do it. I have to do everything myself.
1: Okay, I think I think we should wrap it up there. <laughs>
0: it's probably for the best. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it yourself. We certainly have. Um, if you want to talk to us about what's going on here, you can at me on Twitter. At Boots Magoot.
1: Uh, I am at James Hunt.
0: And together we have the account at W-I-A-N Podcast.
1: Which we are still, I mean, you're logged in this time, right?
0: I I have access to the account now, so I am doing the occasional quiet retweet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe I will get noisier. Who can say? (laughs) I hope so.
1: And we'll be back next month. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. said very gingerly we'll be back in an indeterminate amount of time that I hope to be not more than two calendar months <laughs> <laughs> that's the best I can promise.
1: goodbye we will we will be back then bye